and welcome to this episode of our hugely popular crypto questions with me, Claire Cummings from Cummings Pepperdine. As, as regular listeners know, Cummings Pepperdine offers the th advice in three key areas of law, tax and FCA. But of course, we can't do anything by ourselves. So the most useful thing that uh, I think we can do for you is introduce you to other people in the area, ask some questions and put you in touch with each other. So today, I'm delighted to say that we are talking to Rob Moore of Mitmark. Now, some of you may have seen our, um, our recent webinar with Rob. Rob is ex-military intelligence and he his main um, business in life now is tracking down the proceeds of stolen uh, crypto assets. There are pro there's probably a certain amount Rob can't tell you, but what he can is going to be very interesting. So, Rob, hello, and Hi. tell us a bit more about 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 you. Bitmark uh, stands for military to market, uh, veteran known, veteran run. I'm as close as MX Army, and uh, we've got a, we run a small team, head of intelligence for Bitmark. So there's various divisions within the company. Essentially, we're we're, we're a security company. Um, and my my role, uh, head of intelligence uh, of our team, is doing a lot of online investigational work. And I've been a Mitmark a few years now, and uh, the online investigational work also known as OSINT, Open Source Intelligence. Uh, basically trawling out there, what's already out there on the uh, sort of surface, deep and dark web, uh, to find uh, what, what's required for the relevant investigation. Now, those investigations, uh, many sort of fraud due to, uh, and, and that sort of thing, you know, companies falling out with each other or a, a bad apple amongst the ranks. Um, and we moved into sort of the crypto space purely on demand uh, probably around two years ago when our first real case uh, came to us. Um, and now we've been pretty much inundated with uh, crypto scams. So essentially sort of fake websites, fake trading platforms that entice their victims on there by um, use of Facebook dating, Tinder, or just mainly fake reviews on various sites and fake adverts uh, that entice the victims onto the platform, convert their fiat to uh, crypto, usually Bitcoin or USDT, and the victims think they're trading, making loads of money, doubling their money, etc. And unfortunately, yeah, the penny drops and realise it's all fake uh, when they come to withdraw their uh, their winnings, their funds, and it all turns out to be a, a massive hoax, a massive scam. Uh, and that isn't always a, a straightaway process in terms of the penny dropping. This can be quite slow. In terms of uh, they, all these withdrawal fees suddenly appear from nowhere, so more money gets into the scammers, uh, and then there's even fake law firms out there that pretend to do asset retrieval. <laughs> there uh, are. Well, the thing is, they're so they're so cunning and they're so clever. These Absolutely. scammers. I mean, it's 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 sort of um, nuclear strength grooming in the most subtle way, isn't it? And, and certainly some of the cases that we've we've did, it, we, we've worked on together. I mean, one in particular was a guy who had worked in the investment area for 25 years and they were just so clever they still got him so yeah yeah they, they're onto a really good sort of thing you know get people hooked uh almost like a gambling addiction where you think you're making loads of money uh and you just keep going keep going keep going it's only when you go to withdraw your your, your winnings is when you suddenly realize that hold on where's all these uh extravagant withdrawal fees suddenly come from uh yes. you know some in the tens of thousands um and unfortunately so a lot of our victims have lost between sort of 20,000 20, to up to one and a half million and be completely wiped out. Yeah. A... But there is, but they will come, will come on a bit and sort of the type of hope there is for people. But you mentioned before that you got into crypto from client demand. Yes. Can you tell me more about sort of how, how 
a bit more about how you got into crypto and how you've seen it develop in the in the two years that you've been involved in this area. Yeah, sure. It, it was first off, uh, it was a bit of a, a trick, old old school sort of trick, whereby they they tricked the victim into handing over the private key. Um, and, and how did they how did they do do that? Was it was, uh, it, was it was it all presumably it was all done online? It was online yeah. scamming and fake. Yeah, exactly. Fake addresses. Yeah. Listen, that was a fake investment scam. So it was uh, teaming up with an, another with our victim, about our client. Um, sorry, one was yeah, our client, um, and sort of you know with his ruse of being okay, come come alongside of us for this this large investment, and uh, we're going to you know, go in big here. Uh, we just need quick have access to your wallet, sort of thing. Essentially, keys were then accidentally handed over, which you know the clerk was like, oh my goodness, I've been in the crypto space for years. Why did I do that? Um, but these yeah, professional forces that they're, they're yeah. good at what they do, right? So um, trickery and that sort of stuff is 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 their more Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, at the end of that one, were you able to? I'm led, I'd, I'd probably best not ask too much about how you track things down. But yeah, uh, what what detail can you can you give us about sort of what what you do and how you how that one ended up? Yeah, sure. So that one, unfortunately, uh, I mean, we knew who the fraudsters were, but um, and this is the same with a number of cases whereby, unfortunately, the the clients have lost or the victims have lost so much money that they can't necessarily afford to take it down the legal, you know, civil path. Um, not necessarily for our, our charges, but it, it can be quite. But cost- you do have to get counsel involved and exactly. yeah, a absolutely. number of hearings and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some have been quite quick. I mean, we had a wing uh, beginning of this year where from sort of flashed a bang from being alerted from the victim to doing our report, doing, uh, producing the evidential report for the lawyers to take to court, and the money being back in the person's bank account was four weeks, which is very quick. Um, I suppose that, yeah, I guess they, these guys, if they, some of them, if they're caught, they pay up because to them it's just peanuts. They're getting so much yeah. elsewhere that they just want to pay and, yeah. Are you allowed, are you allowed to talk at all about the, the, uh, how you how you track down money or the... Yeah. Um, I can sort of bring a brief, you know, against because of the blockchain, as your listeners will be aware, um, it's you, you're just tracking down where it's going, essentially. Uh, yeah. And then through the relevant court processes to then freezing orders, um, disclosure orders, etc. Um, and then sometimes the, the, the scammers just want, you know, don't want the attention, so send it back. And uh, I said, yeah, we're just scratching the surface of this. Uh, it's been a real eye-opener of the last couple of years, the amount of money involved behind the scenes and what, it, what it's involved in as well. Um, has been eye-watering some of it. Yeah. Uh, it, it so is so what, uh, yes, so, so when you talk about the things it's involved in, are you able to give uh, give our listeners an idea of the where the assets of crime go? Yeah, sure. Of- so we, as from the blockchain analysis, we see that um, you know wallets be associated, well, addresses be associated with uh, red flags that reported to. So not just crypto scans, they would then be associated with ransomware, other types of hacks. But uh, the nasty side of things is they're getting red flags for being about being associated with human trafficking, money laundering for, for such, and terrorism, um, and potentially state-sponsored as well. So um, it's yeah, this sort of say thirty grand that's been stolen from you know, one example client has gone along the blockchain, um, and then we're seeing it mixed in with other wallets that have got millions in, you know, tens of if not hundreds of millions going through. Um, in sort of quick succession as well. Very organised network of organised crime slash state sponsored. Yeah. Do, do, are you are you finding that, that it's 
the majority of the, the sort of the criminals and all of this are so individuals or are they mainly part of gangs or does it sort of does it vary because I mean some of this I'd imagine from the things that we've worked on and we've talked about they seem to be so highly coordinated large gangs which are incredibly coordinated incredibly the word sophisticated we we use but if, is, is that prevalent or are there sort of diff, different types of crooks you get out there yeah our assessment is that especially just on the blockchain side of things it's not just you know one linear movement from uh, the point of of theft to um you know an exchange as an off-ramp um it's been mixed in with all sorts which then you, you start to take, see the wider picture is my goodness me this isn't just a few people this is a lot and there's a lot of money going through here and it's also involved in different types so this isn't just crypto scams this is you know very technical types of um, of hacks you know and, yeah. and that's crypto sort of cyber ransomware yeah, yeah absolutely the whole lot. Yeah, the whole yeah. lot. It's not just a small. We're just scratching the surface of it. It's huge. And do any of these, any of these criminals, do they ever sort of pop up, and you, you, you sort of, you, you, you get, to, you get to meet them in real life, or that you know they're in the UK and you can find them, or is most of it? <laughs> no, most of it's abroad. And but we do, we have seen repeated um, associations. You know, I've done much, much analysis now. I start to sort of recognise wallets as that nerdy. Um, and we see, okay, yeah, blimey, that, that, that those addresses were also linked with a case we did six months ago, um, and I know who the people are behind that. So yeah, yeah, and we've had um, repeated victims come to us who've come from the same source, i.e., the same fake website, and you know they've lost things. So, you know, again, this is a case of okay, yeah, been here before. I know who these lot are. Uh, what are they up to now? You know, they're obviously still operating. They're not getting taken down. Yeah, yeah. And do the police do, do the police get involved in this? Because I know that there there, there is a, a sort of um, a crypto cyber crime units involved. Do you get involved? I know there's one that we're dealing with at the moment that um, <clears throat> the police are helping out. Is that very common? Or um, I'd love to. I'd love to be able to, to assist in that way um, and do you know a bit of service to help and, and, and pass on our details. But all, all we see is you know the victims go to say action fraud. Get a crime reference number and nothing happens. That's why they then come to us um, to, to go down these sort of civil routes, try and get their money back. Um, but I, I'd love to be able to sort of assist in a way, um, even just feeding in what we're finding. Uh, I yeah. think it's definitely of use for. Well, maybe for, that's something that we can work on together because, as I say, there's sure. there's, there's one one case we're working on at the moment that the police yeah. involves that. So hopefully yeah. we might be able to sort of spread the word and yeah, be able to help the sort of law enforcement as well. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And when it when it comes to um, you know, people, you know, words of warning for anybody listening, and sort of how not to be a victim of crime. I mean, it's it's a tricky one because if, you know the number of people we see and we think I can't believe I was so stupid because these people are just so clever. Have you have you yeah. got any have you got any any things that you would say to people to be very careful about? Sure. I mean, if you go on on, on a website, um, you know. Have a look around it. Are there spelling mistakes? Is there sort of you know poor grammar? Uh, even just copy and paste some of the, the wordings that's used. Is it being sort of because a lot of these websites are, are used over and over again? Um, yeah. Have a look at the terms and conditions. Do they you know, th- things like do they match what's on the front page in terms of the company name, etc.? Um, even the re- the reviews. Just take a step back. If something doesn't smell quite right, just t- take a step back and just pregnant pause might and then sort of go. Do you know what? I'm not. I'm not fully sure of this. Uh, yeah. I think I'm, uh, you know, steer clear or seek seek further advice. 
<laughs> and I guess, as, yeah, and I guess on the seeking further advice, that could be come and speak to either you or me, and we can Absolutely. look at it. Yeah. And yeah, and it may well be as well. People can come and say, "Could you look at it?" It's not anything we charge for, but it could be very useful for us putting together yeah. pieces yeah. of different jigsaws that could yeah. then help help other people who have fallen prey. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I, the the other thing, because I said that I said when we started talking that we'd talk about messages of hope, because you know th th there is hope that you know, there is help out there. Yeah. Um, perhaps perhaps we could just talk a bit about if anybody is worried that they may have been scammed. Yeah. What should they do? Um, you know, obviously get in touch with us, and we you know we can help. But what are the kind of things we, we you know we can do, we can do to help those people? Uh, you know. Us as lawyers and you as the, the the people who are who are who are out there tracking it down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you're not alone, um, and uh, I promise you, we've we've been there and seen it all. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of this is, can be quite sensitive, whereby, especially if it's come from a dating uh, app scam, um, you know, the, the victims may be sort of heavily involved with the profiles that they're chatting to online, um, and may be embarrassed, you know, and I can assure you we've seen it all um, and we, we will help you um, to, to, to hopefully find resolve and get your money back. Yeah. Uh, so don't no, suffer in silence, essentially. Yeah. And there's no, there's never any need to be embarrassed for being uh, human. Exactly. And I think the other thing to remember is that, you know, if you've been conned, don't feel ashamed because you haven't done anything wrong. It's the criminals that should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. Exactly. That's where the shame lies, you know, yeah. nowhere else. Yeah. And what about victim support as well, Rob? Yeah, so that's one of my team is reaching out at the minute to sort of assist um, because we're going to ensure that, um, you know, because especially like I mentioned, um, people may have you know, potentially fallen in love with these profiles. Um, yes. And, and then suddenly have that sort of rug pulled from you and, and realise it's, it's all, all a facade. Yeah, your hopes, uh, your dreams it, and everything else. Yeah. And, your, and, your, and, your, and, and then your house and savings. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, and it may not manifest itself straight away. It could be six months to a year down the line. So. We want to sort of say to our, our, our clients slash victims and say, look, you know, we're not just a security company here. We will look after you moving forward, not not to try and monetize that that side of things, but just as a duty of care. Um, yes. Because, you yeah. know, we don't see anything bad happen to you, um, you know, six months to a year down the line or whatever. Um, you know, from the military side of things, you know, we're fully aware of PTSD, et cetera, and that sort of thing. So the mental health side of things is front and foremost. Uh, yeah. And it's key here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just a quick aside here as well, um, talking about sort of the the, the, the hum, humane humanity sort of part of the work that you do. Um, you have very kindly um, put me in touch with the right people so that we're able to take in a Ukrainian refugee. And hopefully this lady is um, arriving at Dover today and I'm going to go down and get her. Right. Could you maybe talk a bit more about the type of work that you've been doing on the Ukraine-Polish border? Yeah. Um, and you know, and 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 ask anybody if anybody you know is able or would like to help you in the work that you do on sure. that border um, and with with the Ukrainians. Perhaps you could talk a bit about that. Yeah, sure. So, um, right at the beginning of the, the, the war, um, we had some of our clients say, "Look, can you guys get some medical kit together and etc. And, and get it to the front and and help out?" I said, "Yep, yeah, we can do that, but we can do a bit more if needed." So. We, we deployed out there within a couple of days, um, as I say, out there, out to the Polish border with Ukraine, um, set up a little sort of uh, operation centre and just got boots on the ground to go and see what, what what needs to be doing and what, and what we can do. 
Uh, and I'm glad we did because straight away we could see that the big NGOs weren't there and they're still not really there right now. Right now. It's just a gaggle of um, volunteers um, yeah. and uh, it was a real mess. Um, so there are cross, a lot of refugees, one of the busiest border crossings of Medica, um, and they get they come across there on foot or by car or train, and then they go to a Tesco's in the nearest town called Shemshel, um, an old Tesco's that's used as a refugee processing centre. And this is where we initially started helping out. There Again, it was just um, Polish Boy Scouts were doing the ones we were checking in and sort of processing refugees, language barriers, they had rubbish yeah. old laptops. So we went and get, got bought a load of laptops, a load of TV screens, and um, and printers and stuff, just basically a bunch of IT technical kit, get it in there to help assist the, the flow of refugees to get them. So the big t- TV screens were like bus timetables, so they knew where to be at what time to get on what coach to go to Berlin, to go to Krakow. Information, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the next thing we sort of identified was in around that centre and also at the, the, the actual border crossing was suspect looking individuals, both male and female, uh, who didn't belong around there and uh, later turned out to be you know, human traffickers essentially preying on these poor women and children uh, to try and then you know traffic them off all around the world part of that global network so you know as yeah, i mentioned as I know, you know, we see on the blockchain uh, we see you know human trafficking so we see it on the blockchain we see it on the front line uh, and it's been a real eye-opener in terms of um, the depravity and the evil that is out there that will do that to um, these poor refugees people who are left with the, yeah, they've, they've got nothing left in their life apart from what they're carrying in their bag absolutely and yet yeah yeah and i think i understand as well that some of the work you've done um, on tra- tracking the crypto crime it's led back to funding the the the, the, the war in ukraine going through russia to fund we think so war. yeah yeah I, I think so in terms of the, the money involved uh, and a, a lot does go uh, we see associated with, with Russia um, and yeah I, I can't say too much more about that in a minute but it's yes yeah, being a, a real eye-opener on that side of it as well. Well Rob, thank you very very much. Um, I will let you know when I have Tatiana home. Um, yep. If anybody out there is listening, uh, Tatiana is in her mid-50s. She speaks Russian and Ukrainian. She has a little bit of English but she is very keen to come here and build a life and get a job and be independent. So if there's anybody out there who is looking for, for somebody to, to, to do some work for them and, and um, needs somebody who speaks a lot of Russian, a lot of Ukrainian, a little bit of English, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm told her English has already improved the two days she's been on the bus coming over. Um, please do let us know. Otherwise, if anybody's got any questions about anything we've talked about, do contact either Rob or me. And as we said, if, if, if there's anybody there that's feeling ashamed or embarrassed, don't be ashamed because you're not criminal. They're the criminals and they should be hanging their heads in shame. There's always a way. There's always hope. Thank you very much. So, Rob, you're at mitmark.com, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so mitmark.com for Rob and cummingspepperdine.com for me. Thank you very much, Rob. Cheers, Okay. Bye-bye.